What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident Podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Today, I want to welcome the first ever beauty biz marketing coach to the Next Level Confident podcast. This woman's goal is to help women reach their highest potential through mindset and marketing strategies. So let's give a warm, warm welcome to Kelly Ann. Woo! <laughs> How are you, Kelly? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. How about you? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Awesome. Um, you guys, anyone who's listening, if you want to check out Kelly, her Instagram is at I am underscore Kelly, and that's spelled K-E-L-L-Y, Ann, A-N-N. Or if you want to check out her podcast, her podcast is really awesome. It's called Wake Up to Level Up. So Kelly, yes. will you tell people a little bit about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I was born in LA. So I'll just give you like kind of the cliff note version here. It's always weird doing these like little introductions, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I grew up in LA. I loved LA at that moment in time. No longer do I love LA so much. <laughs> I live in San Diego now. Um, but I started off, you know, as far as career goes, um, I started off in sales for a long time. I was working the corporate nine to five job and I was making six figures by around the age of 25, which was great, but it was sucking. Yeah, I know. Make that money. Um, but it was like soul sucking, you know, it was like one of those things where you just went to work, you were dragging your feet to work and it just wasn't a good fit. And after a couple of, years basically of doing that, um, I realized at one point I just needed to get out of there and I had saved some money. I ended up just quitting just randomly, um, out of the blue. I told you I'm not a planner. (laughs) You're like, you know what? Today's the day. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, basically. I mean, I did put my two weeks in that I didn't want me to be there for the two weeks. And I said, that's totally fine. Um, you guys can pay me if you want. And so, yeah, I went around and I traveled. I traveled for a year and a half and I did that because I really wanted to take time. I was having like a quarter life like crisis, I guess, uh, which it wasn't really a crisis. It's actually probably the best time, one of the best times of my life. And I just traveled all over the place. I met with friends. I traveled solo and I remember looking at my bank account after about 18 months of traveling and seeing like $2,000 in my bank account. So. At that point, I was like, okay, got to do something. And I need to either go back to work and work the nine to five or, you know, start my own business, which is something that I've always wanted to do. So I did some research and saw a mobile spray tanning business uh, opportunity where you could literally buy the equipment. You didn't really need any type of licensing or anything like that. So I spent my last couple grand in that and I just took the leap of faith and just did it and was able to grow my business from that literally like $0 to a multi six figure international business within two years. So now I travel and train girls. I'm a speaker, I'm a coach. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I, I love it. I really do. Okay. So you're making all this bank, you're like 
making six figures working for the cable industry. So you had obviously saved up a fair amount because you were able to travel for 18 months, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And then you, but you, then you dwindled all that down to the $2,000 mark. And then what led you to being like, okay, actually I'm going to spray tan people. So it's funny because I, have journaled ever since I was little. And I remember that I had written down some ideas about just business opportunities that I saw would maybe fit my lifestyle and maybe something that I would enjoy. So I looked back at that journal entry and the top thing on there said mobile spray tanning. I've never had a mobile spray tan. I don't even know how I thought about this idea. I think I was probably researching it. I have no clue, but I guess it's the universe's way of like telling me like, Hey, you know, here you go. Um, and so I just looked into it and it was so easy and so fun. And I've always wanted to work with women exclusively. Like I, I love men, but I don't want to work with them. So <laughs> I've always wanted to work with women and that kind of just fit my lifestyle and exactly what I wanted to do. So I, I tried it out and yeah, here I am. That Spray is so cool. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Awesome. Well, you guys, so our topic today is how to walk away from your funk and take hell bent action. So Kelly, mm -hmm. I know you shared your story with me, whatever, a week or two ago when we talked on the phone and I was just amazed at how much has happened in your life. Because I think often what happens is, you know, when you see someone so successful, um, on social media or in their business or whatever, it's so easy to just be like, oh, their whole life, they've got it all figured out and they aren't going through mm -hmm. the things I'm going through. Um, but when you guys hear Kelly's story, you're going to realize like she has been through so much during this time. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm excited just for you to share your, your vulnerable story with everyone so they can hear like, no matter what you're going through, you can get out and you, you can find a way to um, recreate yourself, recreate your life. So with that said, tell us, Tell us what's going on in the last couple of years of your life. Yeah. So I started the business when I was, I want to say around like 27 more or less. And um, I started the business and it was growing, 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 and it was doing really good. I was, you know, pretty happy. I had lived in San Diego. Um, my relationships with men, I don't know. I've just never really been great at them. <laughs> um, so I would date and then I'd always get cheated on or I'd find them in lies. And it was just always like some chaotic ending. And it's just, I was so tired of that, honestly. So I was like, I'm not going to date for a while. I'm just going to, you know, chill by myself, focus on my business and really find out why I keep on attracting the same type of human into my life. So I was really doing that for a while and um, I was at the gym and uh, this is probably at like the, I wouldn't say the peak of my career, but it was definitely flourishing in a really, really good way. And I remember just going to the gym and constantly like seeing this guy over and over and over again. And I'm not very shy. <laughs> I ended up going up to him and asking if he could help me get a weight because I'm really short. I'm like five foot. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it ended up being somebody that I was really, really physically, mentally, emotionally attracted to. And 
we ended up dating for about a year and a half and decided like we were going to get married, you know? Um, and so during this time, he was actually very helpful with helping me build a salon here in San Diego. He was really helpful with actually even like doing the YouTube channel with me. Um, we traveled around to host spray tan training tours and all of these things. So he was like a huge part of my life and my business. And a lot of people saw us together and, you know, it was a really cool experience. I really wouldn't take it back for anything because it was amazing. Um, but I remember, you know, as my business started to take off and as we started to cultivate this like really, really strong following of people and really um, a strong business together and a lifestyle together and just, you know, us being together, it was just such a strong connection. I remember just saying, things are like way too good right now. Mm. <laughs> I would never say that again. <laughs> By the way, I feel like I manifested some bad, at least half of it, at least mm. half of it. But um, so, so yeah, so we started, we started uh, really cultivating a really good relationship. And then I was uh, pretty much ready to dive in and, you know, really stay with this man for the rest of my life. And we ended up getting married um, and it's really hard for me to talk about right now and I don't know why, but um, I've told this story many of times and it's just like going back into that space and just being like, wow, I can't believe I went through all that. So we ended up getting married and everything was fine up until three months after we got married. And uh, I just, I remember looking at him and being like, something's off. Like something is really weird with him because at the time he was sober when I met him and that's something that really attracted me to him because I love that. Like I don't really want to date anybody that's a partier or anything like that. And he just looked off and I asked him if he was drinking um, or doing drugs or something. And he admitted that he was doing drugs and drinking. And so that was kind of the first whirlwind. That was kind of the first like knock, you know, mm -hmm. to my head, I guess. And he ended up leaving the house and I get a text about two hours later saying, um, our secrets make us sick. So I'm thinking like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and he texted me. Yeah, I know. It's like a really creepy text to get, right? <laughs> and uh, so he told me that he had a kid that he didn't tell me about. Mm. Yeah. So wow. that was three months. Yeah. So that was very, like, it almost felt like an out-of-body experience, you know, where you're just kind of like, am I in a dream? Is this a dream? Because we had such a perfect, quote-unquote, perfect relationship. And so much so that I always thought, you know, it was too good to be true. And there's a reason for that now that I've learned, and I'll share that with you in just a little bit. But we ended up... Uh, basically working, trying to work through that. And throughout the next couple of months, I noticed that he was still using and still drinking and all of these things. So we ended up going on a tour stop actually in Texas. And this so, was kind of where- Kelly, yeah. to interrupt you really fast. Um, so he was still with you, like with business though, like you guys were doing business, like his full-time job was with you guys doing your business together. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So during this time, he had lost his job, right? He got laid off, he told me. And uh, he also totaled his car. And I could not figure out, like, I was just like, this guy has the worst luck ever. 
you know? Mm. (laughs) So all of these like little, like, well, not little things, but all of these things started happening. And so, yeah, he was working with me full time and we were building this business together. He was not signed into the business. Thank God. He was not signed into the business or anything like that. So it was my business. He was just really helping me with it. And we ended up going to this, it's called a Slay the Spray Tour, where we go and travel and train girls on how to spray tan. And so we were at one of the tour stops and I get a message um, late at night from one of my students. I didn't know where he was at that time. I assumed that he was you know, out just grabbing something to eat. I wasn't too sure. And I get a a message from one of my students saying, Hey, um, is he okay? He's laying out on the, in the hallway, just passed out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when you know somebody for, I mean, granted we knew each other for a good two years when this happened, but when you live with somebody every single day and you've never seen them suffer in that way, or you've never really seen anybody suffer in that way, you are distraught, you are confused, you're pissed, you're emotional, you're sad. Like there's so many different emotions that come along with having someone who is an addict in your life. And I wasn't aware of all of this because I have never been through it. So um, after that, I knew that we had a problem. I knew that there was something terribly wrong with this whole entire picture. So we tried to work through it because he's my husband, you know, right. he's my husband and I wanted to stay strong and, and try to work things out because he was a quote unquote perfect guy. And we ended up going on our honeymoon um, a little bit later, probably like nine months after we actually got married and almost a year actually that, you know, to the day that we got married. And this is where everything kind of just fell apart. <laughs> Uh, this was kind of like my last, you know, straw with him. I was, I was in a bad place already with him and I was just thinking, you know, maybe this is going to help us. So we went to Thailand and Cambodia. My dad actually lives in Cambodia. So he was, yeah. So he's all the way across the world (laughs) and we don't get to see him often, obviously. But, um, so we went to go visit him and the first day that we went to visit him, I saw him my ex doing something weird in, in the bathroom. And I kind of was just like staring at him and I opened up the door a little bit more and I found about 80 pills in his hand. Mm. Yeah. So I didn't know he took pills. Like I wasn't too sure about like what drugs he took or anything like that, but we have a huge epidemic here in the US, especially with opioids and drug addiction and prescription pills and all of these things. And so I'm learning, a, I've, I have learned a lot about that going to his rehab and stuff. So I was just in this place of like disbelief. I was just not really understanding what was going on. And the fact that he would do this, especially on our honeymoon when my dad is there. It just didn't make any any sense. So literally for like six days or so, um, he was out of his mind the whole entire time. So to, sorry to interrupt. Did he was he about to take that a whole like handful of pills or like you're I don't saying you think saw so. them and he was just going to take a few of them? Yeah, I think he was just taking them bit by bit. Okay. So he wasn't trying to like overdose or anything. He was, that was just his whole 
like plethora of what he had with him for the trip. Yes. And actually, so in Thailand and Cambodia, you can actually go to the liquor stores or, or drug stores or something like that. And you can get these pills pretty easily. Oh. Um, so you, yeah. So I, I don't know if he brought them. I mean, that was a lot of pills to bring on an airplane. So I don't know if he brought them or if he you know purchased them there. I'm assuming he just purchased them there. There was all kinds of colors, all kinds of shapes. Like I don't even know how one would survive doing even like a quarter of those things. So it was insane, but yeah, I, he, uh, I don't think he was going to take them all. I think he was just going to take them little by little. And, uh, he ended up doing that and he just went off the deep end. He ended up losing his passport for a little bit. He lost all his money. He lost his phone. And my dad had to like, you know, try to recover all of his items because he lived there. He knew the people and it was just an embarrassing, like sad moment. Uh, to see somebody that you really, really care about having to go through this experience where it seemed like he had no control, mm. like there was something taking over him, you know? Uh, and so with that, he we ended up leaving the honeymoon, the honeymoon from hell. Yeah, <laughs> A week or Seriously, it was crazy. And um a week early and we came back home and he checked himself into rehab and he was there at one of the most prestigious rehabs here in San Diego. And I went to visit him a couple of times and, um, I don't know, I just didn't feel like something, I felt like something was off again. I'm a very like intuitive person. Mm. And I even had like a dream about him and I, my dreams a lot of the times come true. It's kind of crazy. Whoa. <laughs> um, yeah. So it wasn't anything that I was like, I was like, am I projecting this? Am I just making shit up in my head? But I ended up finding out that they actually had slept together in the rehab. So he cheated on me in rehab with her mm. and she's married. Yeah. She's married. I met her, met her parent or her mom and her husband and he ended up getting her pregnant. Wow. Yeah. So that was kind of like the final straw. I was like, all right, girl, like I can't help him. I can't do anything at this point. And I just went into a really, really deep, dark place. Um, I was really, really depressed. I've never felt that before because I'm a very, very positive person. I'm very uplifting. I inspire women for a living, you know, like I am very strong and resilient. And this was the moment that I was really brought down to my knees and I just surrendered. I just couldn't do anything anymore. I felt like my soul had left my body. I just felt like it was very tough. It was a very, very tough because not only did you did you lose like your best friend, you lost your lover, you lost your husband, your I lost myself in that mm-hmm. whole situation. So with that, I um I almost lost all my businesses because I stopped working. And uh, little by little for like the next six months, it was hell. It was me drinking a lot and just trying to numb the pain and having like the shades, um, you know, closed and all of these things and just not wanting to see anybody. And I, I think I think I may have seen two people in like that time frame. it seemed like. Mm. And uh, I was just not not in a good place. But but 
after six months, something really, really incredible happened. And it was, it was an experience that I've never had before. So it's kind of tough to talk about it because I think a lot of people are like, are you crazy? You know, did, what are you thinking? Like, did that really happen? And trust me, I question it all the time, but I know what happened that day. And it was an incredible feeling. And it was really like what I think saved my life. And um, so I was in, I was in my bathtub. And by this time, again, I was like drinking a lot of wine. I just wasn't caring about myself. I didn't care what was going on. I had no um, intention to get better. And I was in the bathtub and uh, all of a sudden I started like hyperventilating. Just, I wasn't crying or anything. I just started hyperventilating, like breathing in and breathing out really, really quick. And it seemed like only 30 seconds that I was doing that. And all of a sudden I had this sensation that there was, there were like, I don't know, spirits, something around me, just energy around me and just like embracing me. Mm. And I just started crying. Like, tears down my face, like kind of like, I didn't really feel scared, but I was kind of just confused. I was like, what is, what's going on right now? And it's almost as if spirit, my higher power, source, universe, God, Buddha, whatever you want to call it. It just knew that I was at the point of like not wanting to live anymore. And so when that happened, um, and that experience happened, I was like, I just felt like I started like touching like my legs and I just felt so strong. I felt so strong. I felt, um, supported. I felt helped. I felt like the, the, the whole message and the whole, the whole vision that I got was like, Kelly, get the fuck up. Like get up, stop dwelling on all of this shit that happened and get up and get off your ass and get off your, you know, get up on your two feet and actually make moves that are not going to harm you. And so that experience happened and I started meditating again. I started getting back into my spiritual rituals, which is like visualizations, meditation, um, yoga, and that sort of thing. And I started taking care of myself again. And I was meditating probably like the day after. And I heard the words, wake up to level up. It just like came to me out of nowhere. And I was just sitting there thinking like, okay, what does this mean? You know? <laughs> what does it mean? Wake up. Okay. I guess it's time yeah. to wake up. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely time to wake up, girl. That was like intense, right? So it was super, super intense, like year, basically year and a half of just like going through the struggle. The struggle was so crazy real. And um, I definitely heard those words. And the next thing that I heard was like podcast and live event. And I just wrote that down because I knew that I would forget it. And immediately after I started my podcast called wake up to level up, um, where it's like mindset and marketing. And that really gave me purpose again. That got me on my feet. It got me into my salon again. It got me moving. It got me, um, inspired to actually connect with people again, because I didn't want, I shut everybody out. I didn't want to see anybody and I didn't want anyone to see me like that. And, with that, um, I decided that I have a really large community of beauty business professionals who, you know, I interact with on a daily basis, whether it was Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or whatever. And, you know, I had kind of went MIA obviously for a little bit, but I realized like- And you had every right to be, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, Sometimes totally. 
you need that time. Like, I mean, obviously I'm not saying drinking is good and I'm not saying blocking everyone out is good, but especially with business, yeah. like when you go through something as painful as what you went through, it is yeah. like dang near impossible to show up for other people and support them and teach them how to level up their entire life when you're literally <laughs> like, I at need the bottom. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I need support right now. And, and that's okay. We all have times of our life like that period. Like every single one of us will have that in and out. I think like ebb and flow throughout our entire life. There'll be times where we'll be the supporter and there'll be times where we yeah. need the support and I, and that's okay. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, I mean, for me personally, I'm, I'm just going to speak for myself. It's really hard for me to ask for help, especially when I'm a hot freaking mess. Yeah, I don't want anyone seeing me like that. So I just didn't want to. And I, um, it's actually really sad. I, I just found this. I found a note from my friend who actually had to come to my house because I wasn't answering my phone or anything. And um, she had left a note saying like, you know, that we're going to get through this. And, um, that was, that was crazy to see because I forgot that she had even come over. I forgot that she was there and cause I was drunk and like not caring and sleeping and stuff. And, um, I found that note probably about a month ago and I reached out to her, to her and I was like, thank you so much for checking up on me, you know, because nobody else did. Mm. And not to say that it's anybody else's fault. This is all my shit, you know, but um, it was really nice to have somebody that actually like really, really cared and was like, is she okay? So reading that kind of opened up that door again. And, um, I didn't really know who like my girls are, you know? So that was super special. And so, yeah, so I started the podcast and I was like in this mode of really wanting to create massive impact because at this point I realized like, what have I been doing my entire time as a spray tanning artist. And I loved it, but I was really chasing the dollar. It wasn't, it wasn't really about like the passion so much, or it wasn't about like the mission or the purpose. Like I love spray tanning. Don't get me wrong, but it's not something I'm super uber passionate about. And it's, and still I feel that way. But what I am passionate about is like helping women and allowing them to see the potential of like living a truly amazing life. And I, um, I started doing that. I started mentoring girls and, and really helping them start their businesses and stuff like that. And so with the podcast came a lot of impact. It came, uh, came a lot of purpose for me. And then having the live event like six months later, which was by the way, like the scariest thing I've ever done. We had 150 women from all over the world come over and like hang out for, you know, three days. And it was amazing. I've never done a, I never hosted an event like that ever. And it was such a good event and it's because I dropped into my heart and got out of my head. Mm. Um, I was always so much in my head, but when you go through something traumatic like that where you're brought to your knees, it's like one of those things where you have to really like do an inventory and an evaluation of like, what is really going on in my life? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to embrace? And how can I it without having to like harm myself or do any more damage? Because I didn't deserve that at that time ever. And I still don't deserve that. So going through all of that, it actually, it strengthened me so much that it allowed me to do like the scariest things that I never thought I would be able to do. And it gave me an unwavering confidence to know that like, girl, if you got through all of that, you are going to be fine. And my motto is to live all out. And 
I have to thank my ex for that because before I was living, but not on purpose. It was more on just like accident really, you know, and I did a lot of things in my life, but it wasn't purposeful. It wasn't, it wasn't as meaningful as it is now. So it's been quite the journey for sure. Hi friends. I wanted to tell you about this new thing I just launched. It's called the Confidence Workshop. The Confidence Workshop is a women's only leadership training for the ladies of corporate America. And you guys, it's honestly going to revolutionize the workplace. What is the purpose of this workshop? You may be scratching your head, pondering deeply to yourself. (laughs) The Confidence Workshop is created to harness a unified company vision, build authentic relationships within the workplace, and give practical tools to support women in showing up powerfully every single day. Hand clap emojis. So if you know of a company or event that would be perfect for this workshop, please head on over to our website, JanelleNA.com, and submit your request today. Thanks, and I can't wait to hear from you. (laughs) Kelly, thank you so much for opening up your heart and being so vulnerable on this podcast. I really appreciate it. And um, everyone who knows me knows that I welcome tears. I'm like, okay, tears are a normal part and crying. So thank you for allowing those tears to come out. And, um, and also thank you for not apologizing for it. Cause often when women start crying, they immediately go, sorry, sorry, sorry. And you didn't. And so that's huge. I'm really, I'm proud of you for not even, you know, not even yeah. apologizing for having emotions cause you shouldn't, but so often, right. So often I tell people like, don't apologize, stop. You're allowed to cry. So anyone listening, if you're also crying along with Kelly's story, you're allowed to cry also because that is a moving, moving story. Cause when you go through something that crazy, like, I mean, you obviously were very tricked by um, the man that you married, and I'm sure mm-hmm. someone listening probably understands what that's like. I know I've I've had relationships in my past like that where I thought the guy was someone, and they there are some men and women, of course, it goes both ways. That you know, unfortunately, they're really good at tricking people because they're hurting, of course, you know, that's coming from a hurt place, and so they're able to pretend to be someone they're not. And, and sometimes they're very convincing. And, and so it always, it's so hard. It's, there's no words to even describe how painful it is to be on the receiving end of that, to, right. to be like, how, how did I not know? How, how did all this happen? Like, how did I date you and marry you without even knowing that you like, were going to end up back into rehab and yeah, like have, having a child you didn't tell me about. And now having a new child with a girl in rehab, like seriously, it's mind blowing to think that 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 can happen to anyone because the amount of pain that you would have felt and probably still sometimes feel, um, it's, it's, it's hard to even fathom, but I guarantee someone listening is so thankful. I I mean, first of all, I am, I am very thankful for the fact that you shared your story (laughs) because I, I love stories of, um, not, not the pain, but I love the hope that you provide. And I know someone listening is like, wow, I have hope. Like if she could get up off her feet, if she could, you know, go through something so hard, you know, to go through a divorce and to go through a man breaking her heart, like Mm -hmm. to such a crazy extent, if she can get up and and still live every day to help others, um, I guarantee 
you know, you can too, and I can too. Like we, we can do that, even though it's, it's not easy for sure. Yeah. I'm much more compassionate, much more humble. I'm much more peaceful. Like I look at the world in a much, much different way. And even though like I, I was a good person back then, I think I was just a little bit lost. Um, I was young, I was partying. Like for me, it wasn't that, you know, I don't know. I, it just was different. And now I'm actually, I feel alive. I feel like, like if all of that didn't happen, I would still be the person I was prior, which I loved her, but she isn't the person that I am today, which is somebody I really, truly love. And like, it just gave me so much confidence. And, um, like you said, you know, we went to marriage counseling, um, throughout this whole, like not this whole thing, but a couple times. And, um, so he ended up like, she, she told me the therapist was like, he is a sociopath. He has no empathy. He lacks empathy. Um, and yeah, like I basically got really tricked. And what's crazy, I was telling you earlier how my dreams come true. I just recently, just two days ago, I looked at my old journal entries and around the time that I met him, I had a dream that I was driving on the wrong side of the road, like going towards traffic. And so what I interpreted that immediately was like wrong way. Don't go that way. Don't go in that direction. And then there was another dream that came up where I was journaling and I wrote that when I woke up, I had this like really crazy feeling in my stomach that I was getting played. Those were my exact words. Insane. Before you met him or right when you guys started dating or right when we started dating. Weird. Yeah. So I wonder if like deep down you had a gut feeling like you like knew really deep down because often we have like maybe little baby red flags but we don't really like we're like well you're being crazy or you're like there's we talk ourselves out of that gut feeling but usually if if you don't feel like total peace in your gut a lot of times that means something so maybe your dreams were like coming up as a way of being like hey kelly like you're not at peace right now and you were like yes i am this is awesome it's a great relationship you know you know what's crazy is that all my friends that knew him, all my whole like entire family, he literally tricked all of us because I thought he was such a good, like nice human. And, and not to say that he isn't because there is a part of him that is, it's just that he's lost. He's lost. He really got into drugs when he was um, a teenager and he had you know gotten somebody pregnant when he was 14. And so he had a kid when he was 14 that he never took care of. So it was like all of these things and traumas in his life, which is why he projects the way that he does and lacks empathy. Mm-hmm. But I think what really helped me kind of get through all of this was the fact that I realized that like, I realized that he was hurt so bad that he just couldn't control himself and that it had nothing to do with me and it just had everything to do with his experience in his life and that just made me sad for him. So I forgave him a long time ago. I forgave him. I I still I see him randomly here in San Diego. Um, I don't hate him. I have no anger towards him anymore. It took me a while to get there, but what I do have is like love and compassion and people think I'm crazy, but honestly, that's all I could do because when I was pissed, it was only hurting me. It wasn't hurting him. And it's like, why even be mad at anybody when they're suffering too? Mm, Yeah. So what advice would you give someone who is at rock bottom like you were? And I know you had kind of a crazy experience like you talked about in the bathtub where like God just embraced you basically. Um, but maybe not everyone is, you know, 
able to have that amazing experience that you had. So do you have any, I mean, are there other pieces of advice you might give? Yeah, I would say number one, you have to put yourself first. You have to put yourself first. You have to do the things that are going to make you feel good, even if you don't want to do. So don't do what I did and like drink yourself to almost death and like close all the blinds and kind of um, check out because that's not healthy. And honestly, looking back, I just feel so bad for that person. You know, I feel so bad. I wish I could like embrace her and tell her that everything is going to be better than okay. Um, But knowing that too, having the faith that things are going to be better and that what's happening right now, it's going to pass so long as you have like an open mind and open heart to allow that to happen. Because if you're closed off and you're closed minded and you're like, this is never going to change or I'm the victim. I mean, I could have put pulled the victim card for a very long time, but I chose not to. Um, I did in the beginning because I was just like distraught and not knowing what the hell to do. But as soon as you are able to take radical responsibility for whatever happened, you are then able to take your power back and no give it to anybody, anything, and you know anyone really. So you're able to then get on your own two feet and move forward. And a lot of what had helped me through this, um, if you guys just want like some tangible items, is uh, meditation. Meditation so good meditation is so good. Having a strong support team, you know, asking for help, even if you don't want to, and you're not used to it, people are wanting to help you and they're willing to help you. So who was the first person you asked for help once you finally came out of your funk and you were willing to talk to someone? Cause you were basically blocking everyone out before. Yeah. So who did you reach out to? My mom and my sister. Yeah. 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 And, and it's funny because we're not that close, but in those moments where like, I really need somebody, they know like to get in their car, come get me. Let's figure all of this out because, um, you know, I've been through it with guys and it's crazy. It's definitely something like I want to write about it because it's insane, but it, you know, ultimately I feel like my relationships are a reflection of how I'm feeling about myself. So what I need to do is really hire my standards, um, promote, you know, self-love and really have that self-love. And again, I don't think I truly had that before all of this happened. And it wasn't until again, I was brought to my knees that it made me look at things differently, including myself, like Kelly, this is your life. This is serious. It's not just a game. And why are you feeling, um, the way that you're feeling about yourself? Like, why do you have those doubts, those fears, those limiting beliefs? And why are you acting in a way that you're really not caring about yourself? You have to take ownership of that and you have to turn it around because if you don't do it, nobody else is going to do it for you. Yeah. So what if someone here who's listening has not hit rock bottom? What would you say to like urge them? Because I mean, what if someone is not so lucky that they ever get to rock bottom, which it's almost like lucky to hit rock bottom because it means you'll actually take action on your life. But if you never hit rock yes. bottom, you may never take action, yeah. which means some people might live in that, that little like mediocre circle for forever. So what would you tell that person? Totally. So I think it depends on the situation, right? But one thing that you had said earlier that it actually rang really true for me, it's like something you said reminded me of what I was telling myself. Like I the red flags, right? The red flags there, they weren't there until we got married. No joke. I'm not even kidding you. They were not there. Like I thought he was the perfect guy and everything was fine. And, um, 
it wasn't until after we got married, then I started to see the signs and it was like little red flag, which red flag to me is like a hit on the head from the universe. So it was like little, little hit here. Okay. All right. We're done with that little hit. Here's a, another little hit. Here's another little hit. And it wasn't until like, cause I wasn't letting go of him. I wasn't separating myself from him. I wasn't doing anything to help the situation. So you it were was like, like the universe. Were you just like ignoring it or something? Like you were kind of pretending like it'll all work out or something? Well, we would have conversations, but I would hope, I, I was hopeful that it was going to work out because I fell in love with a completely different person than who he ended up being after we got married. And so I wanted that person back. I, I saw a glimpse of that person. And so I was waiting for him to just come full circle, come back around. And it just never really happened. And so because of that, it was like, hit on the head here, hit on the head here, hit on the head here. And my, my boundary where when I'm in a relationship, you do not cheat on me because I will leave you. There's no situation in the world that would ever let me stay with a man that cheats on me. And so that's my boundary. And so it was like all of these things started happening, right? Everything that I had mentioned to you guys. And then it, it finally was like, here's the really big bang on the head. It was the cheating and then getting her pregnant. (laughs) So listen, I would say listen to the red flags, like watch the red flags, listen to the universe. Don't allow yourself to get in a really shitty situation like I did for you to leave because change a lot of the time only happens when your back is against the wall and you're sitting there like, I cannot deal with this anymore. But if you like some of my friends, I've, I've known people to have like domestic abuse and all of these things happen in their relationships and they just stay and stay and stay and stay. It's like, girl, you deserve better. So promote self-love, act self, like self-loving and really think of yourself as the highest version of yourself. Would the highest version of yourself deal with any of this shit? Probably not. And if that's right. the case, then you have to make change now. Yeah. Dang. I have so many different thoughts right now. Um, Gosh, where do I start? Okay. Well, um, I was going to ask, so when you guys were dating and then I will get off, I know this isn't all, it isn't all says about your relationship. It's really so about picking oneself up, but it's fine, girl, did, ask, ask did you know that he like had an addiction? Like, did you know he had addiction in his past, but you just didn't think that it was ever going to come up again? So this is how naive I was back then. I, he told me that he was in AA and because I asked him, I was like, you know, why are you sober? Like, why don't you drink? And he said that he was in AA because his uh, family drank, like his dad and his mom, and that he didn't want to be like that. And so wow. it's like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. You know, you don't want to drink, you go to AA, I guess. I don't know. And yeah, like you're just trying to like be preventative against <laughs> being an alcoholic or something. Right. right. And um, yeah, that wasn't the case. And so what I've known now, like from a socio, like working with a sociopath, living with a sociopath, being married to a sociopath, they really project a lot of shit onto other people. They blame a lot of people. And another thing they do is mirror. So like he mirrored everything that I loved, everything that I did, which is why he was like in my business so much. He was quote unquote, the perfect man because he mirrored, mirrored everything that he knew that I wanted. So he was very manipulative. And then he would blame people for everything. So he would blame um, like 
the girl that he got pregnant. He blamed the girl that he got pregnant when he was 14. He blamed um, his mom, his dad, like it's everybody else's fault, but his own. Mm, And that's why you thought he had such bad luck. You're like, dang, this guy has such bad luck because things, (laughs) bad things keep happening to him. Right. I was like, oh yeah. And so, yeah, he lost his job. I'm pretty sure he was probably high at work. Like, let's be real. He totaled his car probably because he was drunk or whatever. And Mm. so many horrible things were happening to him. And now that I look back at him, like, holy girl. And also like on our wedding, now I know what drug use looks like, like these opioids and stuff that he used, he looked very tired. Um, and so on our wedding day, he looked exactly like that. And so I knew uh. that he was like that on our wedding day. So I was actually able to get an annulment. So not a divorce, an annulment. Mm. So it really never happened through the judge, thank God, because he had a drug addiction and he had a kid that he didn't tell me about. So those were the two bases of yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I apologize. I did say the word divorce earlier, no, but okay. I, I actually did know that you had told me it's an annulment. Yeah. Um, so do you, is there, do you feel like there's questions that you could have asked? Like, I'm just trying to think like if there's someone who's in a relationship right now, who's hearing this and maybe they aren't on the very, they're maybe they're at the part where they're seeing little baby red flags, but mm-hmm. they're like, you know, they're not really sure, or it's like kind of confusing. Um, what are some questions they should ask? I was going to say, get curious, you know, get curious and ask more questions because I wish I would have done that. I just really trust people. My mom told me this ever since I was little. She's like, Kelly, people too much. And it's because I feel like people should be or are like me, right? I'm like, oh, I'm trusting. Like, you know, you guys should be trusting too. And, and so that's not the case, obviously. Um, and so with that, I should have asked more questions. I should have kind of dove in more deep when it came to you know, why did he feel the need to go to AA if he wasn't really an alcoholic (laughs) or, um, you know, maybe more about his childhood, maybe more about his experience with, um, the girl that he got pregnant when he was 14 or like opening up those uncomfortable doors. Because I think that when you do, like when you have those gut feelings or just that nudge that something isn't really right, open up that door door because you have permission to do that, especially if you're married or in a relationship living with this person or close to them. Like, don't be afraid because then you might end up, you know, totally regretting not having those conversations. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's something I like to talk a lot about because I love talking about relationships and I feel like often I find that women can be afraid to dive into these hard topics just because you know, it's just the fear of rocking the boat, right? It's the fear of, well, I don't want to say something that upsets him. Or I don't want to ask too many questions. And then he'll think I'm clingy or annoying. Like I want to be cool or like, I, I want to be like the chill girlfriend or the chill wife. Like, and yes, there's a balance. Like we're not here saying like, ask a million questions and scroll through their email and social media. Like, no, you're not supposed to be, you're not, I'm not supposed to, but like, that's, we're not saying like you need to be um, was paranoid, you know, that's not, right. it's not stage the purpose. Five. Yeah. Not a stage five clinger, <laughs> but <laughs> we are saying like getting curious and asking questions. And I think that's so important during the dating process to make sure that they're like going to be a good fit for marriage because it can't, you know, when you don't ask really hard questions, like I remember when Frank, when Frankie and I, um, first started dating and we were moving pretty quickly. And I remember my mentors being like, Okay, Janelle, we had a meeting with them, actually, the four of us, um, the two mentors and Frankie and I, and they were like, okay, today, after this phone call, we want you to talk about um, 
who's the saver and who's the spender? How much debt do you both have? Um, how much student loans? How much you're paying for cars? Like they are like, you need to talk about everything. And then they're like, you need to talk about this, this. And they gave us like this long list and we so, got the call and like, we were like eight weeks into dating and we were like, <laughs> okay. And I, and like, I love honest conversation, obviously. Same. Like I, yeah. I do. Um, but like, we were like, okay, so how much debt do you have? Do you like to save or spend more? Like, and so it's really opening up these heart and like, that's just a baby example, but yeah, it's like asking these harder questions of like, yeah, do you have, maybe it's asking a question like, do, is there any alcoholism in your family? Or, you know, right. if he's going to AA being like, hey, can I go to AA with you? I'd love to support you in that way to be a part of that, you know, cause um, you would be there to witness more of what was happening, you know, or then he might've been like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't want you to. And you'd be like, no, 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 really. I want to be there for you. Like, can yeah. I please come with you? If this is a big thing to you, it's a big thing to me. Um, right. and it's just like letting your lives intertwine in that way. But yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously at the same time, you can do as much as you can to prepare and to, you know, ask the right questions and have all the deep conversations. And even if you do all of that, there are still times where, people surprise you. And so that's, you can't always prepare for everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, um, I wish I would have dove in a lot deeper. And I think at this point it's really kind of difficult for me to date because I am so open. I'm, I talk about this to anybody that wants to hear about it because I do think that it is beneficial to talk about what I've been through for other people who have possibly or are going through it or may go through it at some point in their lives. Um, but it's, it is difficult to date because now I feel like I do, I'm very honest, very just raw, like cut the bullshit. I am not sweet pea like Kelly anymore. I'm like smart and aware and conscious. Like I know all, <laughs> like a lot of you guys play I'm games. I'm looking at and, everything. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know what? And I try to like really be aware of like how I'm projecting and how I'm acting and how I'm showing up and how I'm being. But with that, I've noticed that I'm, I'm not very attracted. I'm not attracted to many people because my standard is so much higher now than it ever used to be. And, and again, I have him to thank for that. Like when I see him, I'm like, thank you. Like mm. I send you so much love. Like, thank you so much. Cause I swear, I don't even know what I would be doing right now without all of that craziness. Happening. Yeah. You'd be a whole other person. I mean, even if the even if none of that, I guess, happened, like you wouldn't have grown the way that you grew. So you're able to find like, it seems like you're finding a lot of gratitude in what, who you became in the process. Yeah. A lot more confident, um, a lot less fearful. I think that was the biggest thing because I mean, I just do things without really thinking because I'm like, what is the worst that can happen? I don't think I'll ever experience that type of pain ever again. That was very tough for me. And I just don't think that it'll ever happen again. So now that I have this belief in my head, I'm just not very fearful of anything. Um, yeah. So it really helped me with my business. It really helped me with like, you know, creating connections, but I am more aware and more conscious. So, I mean, I hope that if anybody is out there that is going through something like this, um, I hope that you know that you have the choice, you have the power to choose what you want and what direction you want to go in. Like if you're, even if you're engaged, even if you're like in a marriage that is just not fulfilling you and not lighting you up and it's been a while or if it's like abusive or anything like that, like please go seek help, go talk to somebody. Um, and 
you know, we are, we take this life for granted so easily. We are not here forever. And just knowing that allows me to almost fearlessly just move forward in the direction of whatever it is that I'm dreaming of. And so I wish that for everybody, honestly. Thank you. That's beautifully put. Yeah. Yeah. Bring light to those dark areas, you guys. Like that is the point of the Next Level Confident podcast is to talk about all of the hard topics, all of the messy things that we have, that we go through in our life. And and I, I never want anyone to feel alone in any of those things. And so if you're listening right now and you're going through something hard, you're not alone. We've, we've all been through something hard and, and we will, we will again too. It's not a one and done and we'll never feel pain again in our life, you know? So thank you so much, Kelly, for sharing. And so just to wrap up, I'd love if you could share three practical action steps, like super practical that you would love each person to do after listening to this. Yeah. So I think the first thing that comes to mind for me right now is journaling, like writing things down because a lot of the times we forget the bits and pieces of maybe our takeaways from a podcast or takeaways from the day or whatever. And so being able to jot that down and um, doing so in a way of gratitude. I know that this was a kind of like a heavy episode. Um, and so I want to bring light to the situation and just have you know that you were so incredibly powerful. And if you could just like write that down and really own it and maybe even identify like what parts of your life could be better, um, identifying what could be better and how can you make the first step towards doing that and taking immediate action upon that? Because the more that we wait, the more that we think, the more that uh, we probably take immediate action, in my opinion, than to just sit there and like wonder, should I do this? Should I not? But if it's lighting you up, if you're excited about it, then definitely make that change towards that excitement. Um, another thing that I would say is for anybody out there that's struggling right now, get your body moving because even if you just, you know, dance, if you walk outside, if you just get some fresh air and just like walk your dogs, do something where your body is moving because that is also something that really helped me through this because the more that I stayed in bed, the more that I laid on the couch, the more that I literally was like on the floor, um, it, just didn't feel good. It's not empowering. That's not a state that you want to be in. So something I learned from Tony Robbins is getting into state. So you might want to even look that up, you guys. Um, you know, go on the computer, look up how do get how do I get into state? And a lot of it for me is like dancing and listening to really high vibe music. Um, the next thing I would say is, and this is more of like. I don't know how tangible it is, but if you guys can really hone in as soon as you, well, I guess it's tangible. As soon as you wake up, think about like three things at least that you're grateful for. And also aside from that, think of why you're grateful for them. So this is an exercise that I learned through Tony Robbins and Jarek. Um, and it's basically honing in on the gratitude piece, but also diving in even deeper for each of those pieces to understand why are you grateful for that? Mm, I love that. Yeah. And you went to Tony Robbins. What did you say? Like three times last year or something like that? Yeah. Girl, 2019 was like me year. It's like self-love year. That was my word of the year. It really just helped me realize like, girl, you can get through anything now and like, don't take life so seriously. Just enjoy yourself. Yeah, totally. I love that. Yeah. So I, cause I think like going to Tony Robbins, getting a therapist, like if you're in a really, like if someone's listening and you're like really in a dark place, seek help. And if you don't feel comfortable, like 
you know, sometimes you don't want to tell your mom or your sister or a friend, or you like don't, there's not, sometimes you don't have anyone to reach out to. Uh, first of all, you can reach out to me, Janelle, you can reach out to Kelly, yeah. you can reach out to any of um, either of us, but you know, also of course, I don't want to minimize like the need for a therapist or, um, doing something that where you work through it. Cause you don't want to just put a bandaid on it and mm -hmm. like go through the motions of life again. Totally. Um, and sometimes you can't just snap out of it in a, in a single second or whatever. So sometimes it takes time. Sometimes the healing, you know, generally it takes time and the healing, um, it means getting uncomfortable with, with opening up those wounds and talking about them and, and going into those uncomfortable spaces so that you do grow. It doesn't mean you just wake up one day and you you're just all of a sudden better because you just are like usually yeah. there's work involved and like I think you're a good uh testament to that of like immersing in Tony Robbins is there anything else that you did um to that like brought you healing yeah um so one thing that came to mind that I didn't talk about yet was a breath work I don't know if any of you guys have ever tried breath work but it is out of this world and super healing so I encourage you guys to check that out. Have you tried breathwork? I have a little bit. Like, I mean, for me, it's just literally breathing. I think there's some quote that's like, you're just three breaths away from peace or something like that. So a lot of times for me, it's just closing my eyes. And I guess one that I have done before is called square breathing. Have you mm -hmm. heard of that one? Yeah. So for anyone listening, square breathing is basically like in your mind, you're formulating a square. And so say there's like a four second inhale and if you're watching the video you can like watch my finger but if you're not you just kind of have to visualize it you're forming a square because you're breathing in for four seconds you're holding it for four seconds you exhale for four seconds and then you hold for four seconds inhale and you repeat so mm -hmm. it's like you're creating a square with the breathe in hold breathe out hold and it's a square so i yeah. think I don't know. That's one that I know of. And I do that. Um, I learned that in, like seventh grade psychology and I've used that like my whole life. Oh, that's so good. You and I'm like really anxious, but yeah. is there anyone that you would recommend people check out? I mean, if you really want to get into it, it's called like holotropic breath work. And it's basically where you're breathing so intensely for a pretty good amount of time. And you start feeling this is actually, this ties in really good to my story. Um, you start feeling sensations, right? You start feeling whatever sensations around you. And so what I realized through doing breath work is that that is what happened to me in the bathtub when I was like hyperventilating. Mm. And it was that same feeling of feeling supported, feeling loved, feeling like, um, you know, essentially like spirits. And I know that sounds crazy for some people, but I felt that energy surrounding me and just telling like, I'm I'm strong enough. I'm guided. I'm okay. Like I'll be mm -hmm. fine. And so breath work brings me that same exact healing. So honestly, I found breath work that, that day in the bathtub, which is insane. Cause I didn't try it again until, you know, later on, probably six months later. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's it was cool. Crazy. Yeah. There's, I think a really, another really good practical tool to add to that toolbox that you said, journaling, moving your body. Um, what was your third one? I know you've mentioned meditation somewhere on earlier on. What did you say is your third one? I forgot the other one. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, listening. Yeah. Hopefully you remember. <laughs> and then, and then breath work, of course. So yeah. Kelly, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate your vulnerability and sharing your story. So you guys, if you've connected with Kelly, you can find her on Instagram. It is at I am underscore Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Ann, A-N-N. -N. <laughs> 
Kelly, any final words? Um, My motto is just live all out, ladies, live all out. And if you feel like you are not doing that, please, 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 please find a way to do that because this is the only life that we're going to have here right now at this moment. So enjoy it. Let's end on that note. Have a great day, you guys.